We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Seahawks Man to Man Podcast, powered by The Athletic. Shout out to the company. My name is Michael Sean Dugar. I'm here with my co-host, Christopher Kidd. Make sure you follow us both up on the Tweet Machine. You guys know where to follow me. I'm verified. Make sure you also you know, check out, what are they called now, Chris? Fleets? Check out, <laughs> yes. my, check out my fleets or whatever. Oh, that don't even sound good. Never mind. Don't check out my fleets. That, uh, that sounded weird. Uh, but yeah, Chris, talk to him. What is up, everybody? It's your boy, Christopher Kidd. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at CKIDD206. And that's CKID206. One more thing. All y'all in my DMs talking about, Chris, where's your blue check? Or the mentions, <laughs> Chris, where's your blue check? I don't know. It's I blame coming. I blame Mike because every podcast he promotes it. Oh, and now man. people are hitting me up in the DMs. Kid, when you get the blue check? Or mention me. Chris, I have a question for the pod, but are you getting a blue check? Like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> get my, you a blue check, man. Mike, I started a train, but we're go ahead, man. Get you a blue, I didn't know that people were doing that. Y'all yes. funny. Y'all funny. This is cyberbullying. That's, that's, that's funny, though. Oh, man. Uh, it's Dang, it's after it's Friday morning now. We, yeah, uh, Friday morning. Doing the show. Uh, it's late, but we love you guys, so we're going we gonna to keep rock. Chris already in his, in his PJs, basically. He's recording in his, <laughs> in his robe. I got a long night ahead of me. Um, but uh, we're here after the Seahawks beat the Arizona Cardinals 28. 21 on Thursday night football to prove to seven and three on the season back in first place atop the NFC West big day for both sides of the ball um, somewhat of a bad day for Chris and I in terms of predictions we were both wrong uh, I'm gonna start the show off with that uh, I picked Arizona by four what did you, you pick them by I picked them by two did you get any DMs on that I got a couple people mentioned uh, that I that I shouldn't have uh Pick them. You see, I got a bunch, <laughs> but I did get some people like even when I made the prediction to be like, "Yo, Mike, like I see what you're saying. Like this could happen. I just hope you're wrong." And in my head, I was like, "I hope I'm wrong too, right? Like it's better for business if the Seahawks win. I, I've said that a million times. I hope they win. I hope they go to Super Bowl. You know, I get a pay raise. All this good stuff. Um, again, shout out to the company. Um, but we were wrong. The Seahawks did win, and like I said, a complete game on both sides of the ball. We're gonna start with the defense because we've been hammering the defense on this show. Rightfully so. For the last ten weeks. Uh, yeah, no. Rightfully so, though, because they've uh, haven't been good. Correct. They haven't been good. They were good today. This they is the really best performance today. we've seen. Uh, yeah, no, for, yeah, in both phases too, because they've had some games where the run defense is pretty solid, and, and past, and in the past defense is just you know, a freeway at three in the morning, right? <laughs> just wide open. No, seriously, like you're not wrong. <laughs> it, it has been. It was not that today. Like the run game was the run defense was like solid as usual. I'd have to. I don't really know Chase Edmonds in two eight. yard, two attempts, thirteen yards. Kyler Murray five attempts, fifteen. Kenyon Drake eleven, twenty nine yards. Really good job of shutting those guys down. And I don't even think like how often was Kyler Murray's numbers? How many of those are scrambles versus uh, actual design runs? I think he only had design runs twice and picked up like what negative yards. Yeah, I think I he. I don't let think me he, see here. I think he had a three yard run. Yeah, he had three. He had three actual. Uh, Run plays, I think, and yeah, ended up losing yards most of the time. So yeah, the the run defense was a uh, was was really 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 solid, uh, I thought. And in the pass defense, though, is where things changed, right? That's where it was like, oh okay. I think Kyler was twenty nine to forty two for two sixty nine, two touchdowns. Um, like not the like most. It wasn't a shutdown day, like you know, like you would like. Uh, passer rating was decent for Kyler one hundred two, 
But I just thought overall, like, this was probably, considering who they were playing, like, considering the opponent, Kyler, D-Hop, the offense that they have, and considering the guys they had out there, Trey Flowers, I don't really know what to classify Trey. Should we classify him? Is he a backup corner? Yeah, he's a backup corner. He's filling in and doing a really good job right now. That's exactly what it is. You have guys that are banged up. He is coming in, and he's getting the job done. That's what you expect out of him. He was a starter. Right. But after his performance, the Seahawks Traded for a new guy. And unfortunately, the new guy is hurt, and Quentin Dunbar, Mm -hmm. he is now... Oh, he's on IR now. IR, Mm -hmm. and Trey Flowers has an opportunity to prove that this is my spot. I want it back. Okay. Audition. All right, so you got two backup corners then. I wanted to just get his classification correct. Um... Moving forward. So he's you got two backup corners in Trey and DJ Reed. And one of them, your left cornerback is 5'9". He's your height, Mike. Uh, yeah. You know, I'm 5'9 with my Tim's on. Um, <laughs> so, you know, maybe with my hair in a, in, a, in, a, in a ponytail or a bun or whatever. So, and they, they get out there and, and they get it done. They make plays on the ball. Um, they didn't get any turnovers. Yeah, uh, that, was, that was weird. The, fa- the fact that they didn't get turnovers, but they were effective enough in a way that they affected how Kyler Murray played. They were able to get after They hit him. I mean, yeah. he got banged up. They talked about on the broadcast how his shoulder wasn't – he wasn't right. He was wincing every time he threw it. And you, we saw it as watchers watching the game. We witnessed, oh, he, he might not be right. And that's fine. Get after him. He's supposed to be uncomfortable because the first time they matched up, he was very comfortable. So what was that? He got hurt on the sack by Collier? On the first sack, yes. When by Collier, LJ? Yeah. He landed on his shoulder wrong. Mm. That's what it looked like. I mean, obviously they didn't go into detail in it, and he just yeah. Kyler didn't talk about it post game either. He wasn't interested in it, which I wouldn't. Yeah, no some, excuses. Yeah, no, I wouldn't make any either. But the the main thing that stands out about the defense today, man, or I guess yesterday, like I said, it was Friday morning. <laughs> at, at this point, I'm gonna sleep so good the rest of Friday. But what stands out is it really was really simple. Guys did what they were supposed to do. Like I didn't watch the t- the game and be like, yo. These guys are just out of whack. Like, they don't know what they're doing. Like, there was one play where I was like, oh, these guys, like, DJ Reed doesn't even know the play right now. And they called timeout. Fixed it. He knew the play. I forget what the result of said play was. But for the most part, Chris, it looked like they just didn't know what they were supposed to be doing out there a lot of games. Like, the first touchdown against Buffalo, as soon as dude gets in the end zone, Quandre Diggs turned around looking like, yo. Where was y'all? Where was your antennas when he was running into the end zone, right? Like, shout out to whoever just got that movie reference I just made. Um, you know, there was other moments like that, too, all all throughout the year, basically, where guys were just didn't feel like they just knew they were supposed to be great right there. Didn't know, like, hey, man, it's your gap. Hey, man, they about to run this place, so maybe we could go over here. It was, like, little moments, but not enough. Like, the Cam Newton goal line stand, like, clearly that was a case of, all right, Bobby knows the play. It's going to the right, so let's just all, all you know, full steam ahead. The rest of the season, what they had been looking like was, remember, okay, that's a good example. Remember Jamal, that same game, was like, KJ, I'm about to jump the pile. Yep. And KJ was like, for real? <laughs> As in like, why would you, you sure? He's like, yeah. And Bobby's like, no, 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 I know the play. It feels like the whole rest of the season was them on some Jamal Instinct stuff, right? And you just can't do that, right? And then the game plans were bad in a lot of the games. They played a bunch of cover zero and cover one against the Bills when Quentin Dunbar was on a bad leg, and then they rushed three and dropped eight against Kyler Murray, and he just picked them apart. Like, they just seemed a step behind. Like, today they seemed a step ahead. Like, they were playing the screens better today. None of them screens were really working like that. They were faking their blitzes. It wasn't as obvious as when they were were coming uh, on, on the rushes. Like, guys didn't really let Kyler, like, burn him uh, too bad. There was one play where Kyler got outside, and I think, Chris, you probably know what play I'm talking about. Kyler Jamal looked like Adams. the fastest, because Jamal's fast. And Kyler, oh, my God. Made him do a full turn. Dog. <laughs> Kyler is a different type. I tweeted out, I was like, Kyler Murray is a blur. And someone said, it reminds me of a, reply that says, uh, it reminds me of a young Russ. I was like, what? Russ wasn't. Russ, was n- Russ has never been that fast in his life. Yeah, to be fair, he might have made people miss, but he wasn't quick. Never that fast. Yeah, he just didn't have that acceleration because he Jamal had a decent angle when um, Kyler left the pocket, but it was it was just a different gear. It was just to the sideline. It was ridiculous. But outside of that play, Kyler was definitely like they they contained him. Didn't really let him get any big runs up the gut. Uh, did it? Was there any big deep throws? Oh, he had that one to the tight end. Yeah, that was nice. Dog. But he had a guy in off his, his face back, too. Bobby's yeah. in his face. And it was he just, Bobby? Yep. Off his back foot. That no, was a great no, throw. No, Kyler, Kyler is like that. Like this is very. I hope people realize 
Pete Carroll, before they played him in week four of 2019, I remember the press conference because I thought that was a very interesting comment from Pete. Pete was like, I'm glad we were getting this guy early because he's coming. Um, and that was, I was like, man, that's a really interesting comment. This dude's only played three games. Pete could see it. Pete was like, yo, this dude, he's like that. Hopefully we win this first one because by week 16, he going to be like that. And what do you know? He was he's like, like that. that. He was like that. Um <laughs> uh, and they did a, they did a, a solid job on him. Uh, I I asked Bobby after the game. I was like, was part of it just like guys having pride in what they do? And he was like, yeah, for sure. Because um, that's a big part of it on too on defense, man. Like, eventually, coach can coach can't just hold your hand out there. You got to make the tackles. You got to beat the dude in front of you. You got to f- set your edges. You got to shoot your gaps. You got to make a play on the damn ball, right? Like I feel like guys did those things for the most part today. You know pretty well, and it was the most like sound, like day I thought from them. There was only one play, Chris. Where I was like, okay, whose fault is that, dude? Because he's wide open, and that was on the on the goal line. <laughs> oh, and Chase Edmonds runs it, across the field. Yeah, I was like, because I couldn't. There's, it's weird being at the game. I do miss things, which is weird because I'm there, but like I'm writing notes and stuff like that. I'm watching the replay, and then I, you know, I was like, how the hell? Is he so wide open? Like the nearest person to Chase Edmond was probably me. Like yeah, he, was <laughs> he was wide. He was when the Seahawks in the picture, uh, and then he go back and see that probably probably Jamal. But outside of that particular play, which is crazy because Jamal was really good to play prior, like setting the edge on Kyler and keeping him at the end zone. Outside of that play, I thought this was probably the most disciplined dudes have looked. The execution. Uh, you know, it's part of that as well. But it's just like guys being like, oh, this is my job? Oh, I'm going to just do that, and it'll work. Like, crazy how that works, Chris. It's crazy, and no one's asking for Ken Norton's job. We didn't get no Ken Norton questions today. No, we didn't. It's got to be like the first week all year. We didn't get no Ken Norton questions. Jesus. They Seahawks' defense looked good. No, it was good. Yeah, and it, it, the coach didn't – I could tell what the game plan was. The game plan was to – have the offense on its toes, right? Then we t- I talked about that in the in the previous show we them. did. Yeah, make them have to think, right? Kyler Murray talked about that um, after the game. He was like, "We they did things, they switched some things up that we had to adjust to." And after that, you know, um, I had to adjust, right? I think someone said, um, "Let me see." They did some things different. He said, "Oh, they said they they definitely planned for me in certain situations." Um, he said they started slow. Uh, he mentioned something else. Oh, he said, it, I think it just took us uh, making an adjustment to start to get things going to get our guys the ball. And that was in reference to D-Hop and uh, Kirk not having huge games. Although I thought Kirk was solid. Was he not? No? He didn't have a good game? But He only uh, had four catches for 50 yards. But oh. those catches were a huge first down. Yeah. He had, that's he had, what it was. Yeah, that's what. He was moving the sticks. Yeah. But, but I do think uh, they they made Arizona react to them. You could just tell. Like you could tell they did things that confused them. You could tell showing the blitz and not coming, showing and then coming, and then uh, or not showing and then going. Like there was just a lot of like stuff like that. It wasn't perfect. I don't want to say they didn't warp them to the Legion of Boom today, but relative to what they've been doing, they've been like an F every week basically, except for the Rams game. It was like a C. Today it was like a good solid B. Yeah, I know? agree. A turnover would have pushed it up, but a, it's a good solid turnover might have. Put the game out of reach if that uh, was the case because the Seahawks offense was pretty efficient. The defense was doing their part. I remember I played vividly, and I talked about it on the preview, letting Kyler Murray come to you. K.J. Wright comes off. He doesn't go after him. He's just, I'm here. Where are you going to go? And Kyler Murray was like, damn it, I, I have nowhere to go. And oh, and he, he just did. fell down. And K.J. got the tackle, and that's how you attack, especially when he breaks containment. He broke containment. K.J. didn't freak out and panic. He was like, no. Just K.J. a vet. I'm going to stay in my area. He's going to come to me, or he's going to slide down. And he did that. And he was able to make the play, forcing a huge turn of events there. And oh. that's that's what the defense was about. They're a discipline. And that play that KJ did just summarizes everything you talked about and being disciplined and how the defense came up big. Um, one more thing on the defense. Um, Russ played uh, well. I thought Russ bounced back just fine. Really efficient. Uh He's passed red in good numbers. Really good feel for the game. Didn't force any bad throws. Scrambled when he needed to. Uh, Yeah, there was a time. He scrambled. He could have easily dumped it off to Greg Olson, but maybe in his head he thought, why force it? I have eight yards of green ahead of me. Exactly. I will take it. Take what the defense is giving you. Exactly. But I I really never bought into the notion, and I probably will never buy into the notion as long as Russ and Bobby are on the same team, that Russ is over trying because the defense stinks. 
because he thinks it stinks. I, I just never bought that from Russ, and I've, I've explained that before. Russ is really an optimistic dude. He sees Bobby. He sees Pete. He sees KJ. He's like, yo, I believe in these guys. They're going to make a play. I believe in them. Even if we don't score, they're going to get us the ball right back, and then we'll go score. Like, that's how he thinks. It's not just, I got to score 40 because they're going to give up 39. He doesn't think like that. And what happened at the end of the game, shout out to Carlos Dunlap, is is why he thinks that way. He sees those moments and is like, see, they'll do that. They'll deliver when we need them to. That's just what it is. Um, what it happened in what? Dallas. Happened in the Dallas game. Ryan Neal picked off Dak to win that. Happened in the Patriots game, obviously. Stopped Cam on the one. Like, what? It can't. It doesn't get harder than the one-yard line, right? There's another game where they had a big stand at the end. What game is it? Oh, the Minnesota game. It wasn't at the end necessarily, but Cody has that big fourth. That is the end. He has the big fourth down stop, and then they go down and win it. Like, Russ has faith in the defense. So it's not just that Russ is just like, ah, I got to score a million points because if I don't, who the hell is going to get this done? No, nah, he don't think like that because – he believes that a Carlos Dunlap is going to make that play or a Quentin Dunbar, or, or excuse me, not Dunbar, uh, Quandre Diggs. Like, he he just believes that. Um, damn, how does this team have two dudes named Q and two dudes named Carlos? <laughs> how many brothers is out there named Carlos? A I lot. Just, I did not know that. They got two brothers named Carlos. Anyway, sidetrack. But I said, say, shout out, that's one shout out to Carlos Dunlap, who, what, has three sacks in three, three games? Game? Yeah, he's he's turned the corner. I know. I remember you asked me who's going to lead the team in sacks, and I really believed it was going to be Carlos Dunlap. He's on pace to do that. He has to catch, of course, Jamal Adams, who has five and a half sacks in the five games he's played. But Carlos Dunlap is showing, this is why you go and trade me. The Bengals didn't believe in me, but I still got enough in the tank. And he just did that on the last play of the game. I mean, he literally bull rushed dude, got to the outside, and boom, Kyler Murray's there. Surprise. And that was what, a three-man rush, too? Yeah, three men. Three and he, he just went went outside, pushed him, guy, pushed him back. Kyler Murray panicked, and hello, I'm here. And he is – Carlos Dunlap is fun to watch, man. He is talented. The Seahawks got to steal with him. Yeah. The Bengals just were like, chav him. <laughs> he was like, okay, I, I can't wait. Yeah. And he, he, he envisioned the moment, and he is prepared – and he is going to help this defense week in and week out. And it's only going to get better for him, I believe. Uh, yeah. No, I mean, he now he actually knows the play. It's funny. Um, and the, uh, he mentioned today, because there was a play in the Bills game where he didn't know the call. Right? KJ said, like, gap, 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 or something like that. He said something pre-snap. And he was talking to, like, LJ Collier or Jay Reed or some one of the tackles, whoever was playing tackle. And Carlos heard it and was like, oh, cool, that means I shoot this gap. No, it didn't. No. <laughs> no. Carlos shot the gap anyway, got a TFL, tackle for six, uh, six-yard six loss in the backfield. Great play. But Pete Carroll was like, yeah, man, he wasn't supposed to do that. <laughs> that's an example of how new he is because that was his first game. Yes. Um, And then I brought that up to Carlos in the press conference. He's like, yeah, nah, I whiffed on that. But, I mean, hey, back where I was from, that means me shoot that. That's what I thought. Um, and today, and Pete also had been joking that, like, yeah, man, Carlos was out there. He got a sack and a TFL. He probably didn't know everybody's name <laughs> that he was rushing with. And then today he had asked about, like, his own performance and then just happened to just rattle off everyone's name. He was like, he was like, LJ, yeah, man, we had Jay Reed. Benson was back out there healthy. You know, Rashim. <laughs> I was like, oh, you learned everybody's name today, huh? Yes. <laughs> man, Carlos was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to know everybody's name today. Puna. Jay Reed. I mean, it's pretty simple names on there, so they they not hard. Anyway, but yeah, Carlos, he's one of those dudes. I think I said this a million times. I've written it. They needed someone who can just consistently beat the dude in front of them. Go look at all of Carlos's sacks. They are him just beating the dude in front of him. That sounds simple. That's because football sometimes ain't that freaking hard. You beat the dude in front of you, and you make plays, whether on offense or defense. It doesn't doesn't really matter. Like, it's, it's that simple. So, yeah, Carlos is going to be able to make plays. Since they've got Carlos and Jamal in the lineup, but in their last four, they have 16 sacks, which leads the league. So, I mean, they, they've turned it around. They, they've, they've, they've turned it around. It's, it's, it's been good. Uh, so, yeah, shout out to Carlos. But, yeah, that's my, my point about Russ on that is that uh, he never really thought, like, yo, I got to do everything because the defense is trash. 
Rush doesn't even, he probably doesn't even know what the word trash means. He probably never used it in the way that us normal human beings used it. He probably only used it to describe his garbage. And Rush is so rich that his garbage probably has a different name than everyone else. You know what rich people garbage probably, Rush probably doesn't even stink like our garbage. I took the trash out the other day. I was like, what the hell do we eat? Like, <laughs> I bet you Rush's stuff never smell like that. So he'll never say trash. That's, that's just not in his mindset. Uh, so this is the type of moments where Russ is like, see, I believe in these guys. No matter what else happens, I believe in them. Well, their schedule is definitely going to prove that he believes in them because, my goodness, when you tweeted out the, the next few games, I just started laughing. I tweeted the emojis of laughing because the defense should feast. Russ should be going crazy. That is what I would expect, but I get it. It's the NFL. Teams are not going to come out and lay down. They're going to compete. But ultimately, not a Jets might come out and lay down. <laughs> they might. They're I bad. respect that. The Jets very well could just be like, look, white flag. We don't want to play. Yeah, no, they <laughs> might. Yeah, they, 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 they might. They might. Um, what is it? Is offense time now? Let's get to the offense real quick, man, because the offense, I thought tonight, to use Pete Carroll terms here, very efficient. We played a hell of a game. We ran the ball well. We were able to get. Russ on the bootleg and get him moving, find our guys open, and he played a perfect game. Uh, completed all the passes we wanted him to. DK Metcalf, he found his groove. I think the guys out there performed really well. That's a good Pete impression. I try, That's man. Solid. You, need to, you need to chew some gum while you do it. <laughs> there you go. You also, <laughs> yeah, need, you also need to be an old white man. Uh, <laughs> no, no, it was it was. Solid. I want to focus on just one most mainly thing, though, is, is DK. Well, he's because, the biggest, man. Because we talked a lot about DK. I wrote a lot about DK. I really thought that ma- he would matter a lot in this matchup, man. He had to he had to show up. It was just that simple, and he did. I mean, the first play of the game goes to DK. And, it, I mean, it didn't – I say that. You guys think, oh, Mike, the first play was a sack. The first play was also Russ looked right at DK. Yes, he, was, he wasn't there. And he, and he wasn't there and took a sack, right? I was like, I was like that's great. Yeah, I, he, that was like the best sack I've ever seen Russ take. Cause I was like, you know what? He that's looked. What you, that's what you're supposed to do. Go to DK first. If it doesn't work, cool. Figure it out from there. <laughs> Sometimes that's gonna mean a sack. Sometimes yeah. it's gonna mean throwing it away. Sometimes it's gonna mean throwing it to Tyler. But just that's what it means being number one receiver. That means when we start the game, throw to me. That's what it's. That's how it's supposed to be. Um, and then obviously DK ends up getting open for the touchdown. I think he ran by Buddha on that one. Yeah, right on the he, touchdown. He, yeah, it was a nice. Russ was able to break containment and DK. He figured it out and was like, oh, let me go to this spot. Russ found him. Perfect pass. Touchdown. Ran straight to the sideline. He was locked in. Well, and the other thing, DK had like an up and down game. Uh, but Yeah, dropping passes. Yeah, it was, hit in the it, face. Was, it was weird. So, like, yeah, because he, um, man, it's a, it's such a shame that that holding call. That was beautiful, Damian man. Lewis negated the 40-yarder because I, I was watching that play because I was always watching when uh, Pat Pete didn't have help. Because I've been getting good at, like, identifying coverages now. Um, I can see how quarterbacks do it now. Because, like, I've seen enough coverages to know, like, okay, he's got his help over there. There's no help here. Like, they're blitzing. Like, I can kind of see stuff like that now. Like, the practice squad might be in my future. Like There we go. There, now we're talking. You know, like, if Kyler could do it, Kyler ain't no taller than me. So, <laughs> and, you know, I ain't got the arm. But, you know, I figure it out. I got the smarts. Let's, let's see. But I seen it. I was like, yo, Patrick Peterson ain't got no help. They should try a DK if he's got a go in him. And, boy, what he did to Patrick Peterson at the line, Patrick Peterson damn near jumped over. Like It looked like Patrick Peterson was getting sent on a blitz. It looked like he he was that far away from DK after them them uh, them salsa dancing that DK did to that boy at the line of scrimmage. Imagine if DK had a basketball, the separation he created. It, oh. it would have been either a, a nice dunk or... Or an incredible step-back jumper, a la James Harden. Oh, man, it would have been but he, nasty. The jab inside, which forces Peterson to go inside because he thinks a slant route's coming or a deep end, whatever the case may have been, it was sold perfectly. And then we talked about it on the preview. Once DK puts his head down and gets going. Kiss it goodbye, It's coach. a wrap. It's over. He runs a 4-3. Over. Patrick Peterson ain't slow either. He's not, but he's also up there in age, and this dude... DK is a young guy, second year in the league. Just blew right past and him. He, oh, beautiful. And yeah. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. I don't think DK had a catch. And see, that's the thing. In the end, in the second half, I was, didn't have a catch after that is the end of that sentence. But So in the end of the first half, 
DK draws the DPI on Patrick oh, Peterson. Oh, my goodness, man. That w- which, at first, I thought was a great play yeah, by you Pat. Cr- you crazy. <laughs> I mean, a little jersey tug ain't never hurt Shoot. And, like, man, the you full running, extension you on running, that. You running full speed and you get a jersey tug. You Your whole body react. You are running full speed. All it takes is someone to just tug at you, and your momentum is completely stopped, which is what allowed Peterson to even make the play because had he not done that, Barbecue chicken. It was a touchdown. Yeah, probably a touchdown. Yeah. No. Yeah. So good. On, good on DK because I think drawing a defensive and that was a big. It was like forty yard penalty. Yeah, that was huge. Yeah. So drawing. Peterson's it. tripping, bro. You was cheating the whole time. That's another play where I don't think he had help. Um, Better start asking for help. Uh, yeah. No, you definitely need to on DK. Um, so, but then I was like, okay, cool. This is great. Then the very next play, <laughs> Russ hits DK in the face with the oh ball. Oh my. Yeah. And I was like, oh come on, DK. I, yeah. I didn't see it hit him in the face because I think I tweeted at the time. I said, uh, this game is too close to be dropping dropping touchdowns. That was just because I could tell it hit him somewhere. Just I thought it hit nowhere. Him, I thought it hit him in the hands, and then so, and then I didn't even see the replay of it oh. until I was on the way to your house to do the show, and I was like. That ball hit that boy square in the chin. <laughs> if there's one critique, it's got to, it's just the hands, man. He just consistently has to catch the ball. And I know it's it's a mental thing, but he has to break that because he had a drop on a drag route where he created separation yet again. He faked out, jabbed outside, and was able to get leverage inside and just left Peterson in the dust. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Russ hit him in stride. He was thinking touchdown before he caught it, and he dropped it. And Patrick Peterson almost picked it off, which could have been a huge Huge play for the Cardinals, and the whole game momentum would have been flipped, and who knows what happens there. Luckily, that didn't happen, but he has to – I don't know what you can do, but you just got to catch the ball. Yeah, it's – I mean, so, be like Tyler Lockett. Tyler Lockett catches everything with his body. You don't, you don't never see Tyler Lockett really extend. He does have like five drops this year, though. Tyler does. So He, he had an off year. It's, it's only week <laughs> 10, or it's week 11 now. But, uh, yeah, and well, that particular drop you're talking about came right after – he barbecued uh, Patrick right before. <laughs> Dog, he hit him with the fake, then another fake, come back. After he catches the ball, er, excuse me, sir. Patrick's eating a face full of turf. I was like, yo. I'll put this, I'll, I'll pull it up tomorrow when I when I get the all 22 because it was a perfect route. It was really ran yeah, well. Yo, I mean, DK is special, man. Yeah, and he's only, I mean, we always talked about it last season. He's only getting better and better. Well, he's really proving it this year in his second season. I mean, he's on pace to just do a, something really special. Well, he just I think he just personally needed that because Patrick had shut him down. We read his stats last time. For yeah. those of you guys didn't listen to our preview episode, so DK had played three games before this against the Arizona Cardinals. They were all his three worst games of the year, uh, of his career, excuse me, just dating back to his rookie season. He had, what, three catches for 29 yards. That's it. Against Patrick Peterson in particular, five targets, one catch, six yards. And people are probably going to say, but guys, he only had three catches for 45 yards and a touchdown. But it was the activity. He had opportunities to make more plays. It was either A, a holding play, which negates everything he just did, or he had two big drops, which he did. He was active today, and that's what you want to see. In the last game against the Rams, he wasn't active. There weren't there weren't targets to him. That's not what you want to see. He didn't even get a chance to drop it. Yeah. He definitely can't be dropping it, though. But, yeah, he can't be, and I, I know I bring it up all the time. As a matter of fact, I'm proud of myself. I didn't even tweet it out that he dropped it because I wanted to say something. But I was like, I say it every time he drops a pass. I just let it slide. Well, I, I this is my new thing when I assess receivers. They they are 
They are in charge of two things, whether they <laughs> get open and whether they catch it. Well, Chad Johnson said it perfectly. There's three things in life that are always certain. Death, taxes, and I'm going to always be open. He didn't mention <laughs> the fact that he's going to catch it, but assuming he's always open, he will catch it. Yeah, so you got to take care of that first part. Like, <laughs> get open, cool. DK can do that. And even sure. if you're not, D-Hop don't always get open. Yeah. You just got to throw it. That's just, and he's, what's he going to do? Catch it. That's Please. What, that's what D-Hop do. DK will get there. He, he knows that, too. It's really crazy because, like, it's not a, t- it's, it's a technique thing, but it's definitely mental because he's oh, the, he uses the jugs machine every day after it, practice. He's the last person on the machine every day. It's just, I mean, he's, I'm not going to nitpick on that, but I did, like, I did, to, to close that kind of DK chapter of the show, um, I just was really encouraged by the fact that he was, he was with the challenge today. You know, like he was he was doing, you know, his part, at least part one of his job, which is which is get open against an elite receiver like like Pat. I mean, even if him dropping the ball um, on that um, on that goal line, play the ball to hit him in the face. Yes. That drawing the defensive penalty set up the field goal. Right. Which ended up they ended up winning by seven. seven. So they needed they I mean, they needed all the points they could get. Right. Yeah. Like so getting points before the half. I don't think they had any more timeouts left. Maybe they had one. Um so I, I hey, kudos to DK for stepping up. He didn't dominate the game, but I mean shoot, he was way more dominant than any of the others and he scored. As I and said, it was the activity. It was the presence that he had. He scored. You could tell he was locked in. He won an opportunity. He got those opportunities. Things just didn't go his way. Unfortunately, with the drops and the passing or, or the holding on the offensive line, it is what it is. My thing is, I just hope in week 16 against the Rams, the Seahawks have that same game plan where they get him going early and they use different ways to get him open. Yeah, and he just gets up because today it wasn't nothing fancy. He just got open. He was just – them routes today, man. Like, think if he had caught all those. Like if it, well, think if the 43-yarder just doesn't get taken away. Well, then he has 80 yards. Then he has, <laughs> yeah, then he has 89 yards, I think, just right there on a yep. catch he actually did make. That's 89 right there on four I catches. Imagine if he catches the one in the end zone. That's two touchdowns and – That's two eight, touchdowns and, and like yards. 91 yards yeah, or something like that. Like, come on, man. He was getting open. And the drag route, that probably been a touchdown. That's three touchdowns yeah. right there. And like a buck fifty or something like he was getting open. Yes, he was. Get, he was doing part one, which is get open, which is what he was not really <laughs> doing too much against Pat, and he didn't really do that much against Jalen. He did it a little bit though. I'm gonna listen to Pat's next podcast and see if he talked about that matchup against DK on Thursday night. No, it be wasn't in- looking good for him. It'd be interesting to hear his thoughts. Yeah, no, it's it's it, his his thoughts. I know are his. He's gonna run a slant. He's gonna run the go. Well, he cooked you on the go. <laughs> cooked up. Cooked him. Just bad. roasted him. But yeah. That was that was that was not good. I mean, DK wasn't the only reason they played well today. I think the other part of it was just being able to run the rock with someone who could Shout actually out break tackles. Carlos, hot. ooh, you see what Carlos did to Patrick Peterson? At oh, so that was Patrick run? Peterson. Oh, I, I that felt was bad. on the far side, was, so I couldn't see. It was messed up because first of all, DK is blocking the man. You're engaged in a block, and then the running back is running full speed. Like, what is Patrick supposed to do? It's not like he can lower his shoulder. He's engaged with six three, six four DK at two twenty, and then. Uh. Carlos just comes over and was like, oh, little guy, boom. I'm just like, I feel he got ran over, but that was janky, man. Nah, he got ran over because I seen him. He was over <laughs> there by where the cheerleaders usually be at. I was like, damn, bro, where you pom-poms? Uh, wow. But, yeah. No, that was that – was, I couldn't see who it was. I yeah, was it, was, just, it was Pat. I didn't look at the replay because I figured they were about to score on the next play, which mm-hmm. they did, so I wanted to be – Focused on, on that. that, yeah. But I was like, man, he just did. I just wrote it down. I was like, he did that DB bad. Yeah, it whoever, was Patrick. Whoever man. that he was. talked about it in the post. He, I don't know if you were, if yeah, you heard him say that. But someone at the first question, I believe, was, oh, it was. I didn't know they said the name. Well, he said, no disrespect to Pat P, but when there's someone in front of me, I just gotta, I gotta run through I him pretty he, much. Honestly, I was about to critique Carlos because I thought he should have scored. Like I thought he could have scored on that. Uh, I have to watch that play again and see. He probably could have, but he. He lowered his shoulder and no, you he know. sent that man damn near to like I said up the tunnel. Like it was really bad. Like Cable Thanos is going to have some fun with that clip of oh. Patrick Peters. He's going to end up having him sliding all over the place. Yeah, no, it was, that was that was a great that run. was brutal. But like the reason that Carlos was so important today is because this offense they they need the hard yards. Like the this offensive line ain't going to give you like gaping holes for you to just gash like on some Dalvin Cook stuff, right? Like their old line is crazy at run blocking. It's just disgusting that's how good they are it reminds me like the dallas o-line from like a few years ago like the dallas o-line like ezekiel elliott yeah was running winning the russian title because like the red sea was parting because he was running behind a bunch of pro bowlers the seahawks ain't got that they have good run blockers but they have basically they have dudes where look you need to hit someone in the face on your first uh 
few steps, run through him, and then you'll get the yards. And Carlos, that, Carlos yeah. likes to run through somebody. Yeah. Boy, he he's, was he's he built. Was, he was doing that today, and I think that just goes back to Pete Carroll's scheme and how, how he wanted to run things. I I remember in the first half, I want to say it was tied with rushing and pass attempts. It was knotted even. And it's I'm on the play calls. Yeah, it was perfect. I mean, that's what Pete wanted all along. Granted, they were letting Russ cook, but in Thursday night's game, I really saw that they went back and wanted to do it Pete's way. Pete was like, no, 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 I got this. We are going to run it, and we're going to pass it. And it's going to be a lot of play action. We're not going to have Russ back there launching all types of crazy passes, coming out in five wide. We're going to run the ball. And Carlos today, he had 14 touches, just a sh- one-yard shy of 80, and a touchdown. Very efficient day for him. And you also saw, excuse me, DJ Dallas come in there, catch it out of the backfield, make a few plays. He yeah, looks he, solid. He's a good pass catcher. Uh, the running is, you could tell Pete was like, nah, bro. We're going to have people up. <laughs> up. For real, that's just off with Pete. That's, and that's not even, okay. Not even really my criticism. I think DJ has one carry and went for like 13 yards in the first down or whatever. It was fine. Yeah. But Pete is clearly like, yo, I'm going to call brothers up from the practice squad before I have yeah, you lead this Bo. again. Yeah, and I feel like people thought I was tripping when I wrote that. Like, they don't have other guys who can be lead dudes, and they didn't. Travis not a lead dude, DJ not a lead dude. He had 18 carries against the Niners or whatever, but it wasn't like a solid performance, which is why since then they have given the rock to dudes from the practice squad. Like that's not even really me shading nobody. It's just like that's what the coach is bringing dudes up off the street. Like, hey, can you start for us? And they're like, yeah, coach. You know. So, uh, but even Bo Scarborough had some decent runs uh, today too. I don't even think it was like the div- how they divided up the runs in the passes. I think it was pretty even on the early downs. I think it was like 28. Uh, pass plays called and 22 runs like pretty pretty balanced and the pass plays had positive EPA and the run plays did not but overall the runs on for the day had positive EPA it was good basically EPA listen to it this way did the run do something good yes or no yeah how good was it and then you put a value on it it's kind of how you can adjust it so if you have negative for the game it's like oh the runs probably weren't doing much you know but they were today and when you're good at running the ball, that is what opens up everything else. If you just run the ball and stink at it, that doesn't open up anything. <laughs> yeah. It really doesn't. Like, I know everyone says the run opens up this or sets up this. When you're bad at something, it doesn't set up a damn thing, but you to lose. <laughs> yep. That's just that's just a fact. That's just how it works. So today they actually have someone who's good at running the ball. It's pretty simple. You got to run the ball well. Don't run the ball more. Run it well. 14 carries ain't a ton. For no, for I, Carlos, but what did he do? Make the most of them. Get first downs with them. Score with them. So then they matter. If he just had 14 carries for like 42 yards, I'm like, what the hell was you doing giving that dude the ball 14 times for, right? Like, that, it's a difference here. That's why I don't buy Pete's whole thing of balance because he's just like, okay, what plays did we call? It's like, no. Were you effective? If you're only effective at throwing it, then just throw it. If you're effective at both, then do both. With Carlos, they were effective at doing both, and he damn near... Uh, sent Patrick Peterson into the stands. I didn't know that was Pat Pete. He had a bad day. His PFF grade probably about to stink. <laughs> he but had that, a rough day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He gave the touchdown to Tyler Lockett too. Like, no, nah, he had a pe- pass interference penalty. Uh, was getting cooked by DK. Got ran gave over. Up a touchdown. Got smoked. Man, did he? I'm gonna check the quote sheet. Let's go to the next topic. But I'm gonna check the quote sheet. See if he gave something. He had a bad day. Well, speaking of the next topic, it's time for Twitter questions. You want to thank each and every single one of you out there for taking the time to ask questions. We appreciate all the love and support. Mike, are you ready to get into it, man? Got quite a few tonight. Oh, man, Pat didn't do a Zoom. I yes, don't sir. blame him. Uh, Oh, wait, wait, let me see. Nah, he didn't. All right, yeah, go well, ahead. Come on, man. After that game, I'm good. I don't want to talk to y'all. I mean, I feel, somebody had to, but I feel it. On his podcast, he'll talk. But, yeah, let's That's get true. In. That's true. <laughs> let's get to these Twitter questions, man. The first one, it's about Josh Gordon and the situation. How does – he fit in with this existing group of wide receivers if the impossible were to happen and he was reinstated. Love the content. Stay healthy. Appreciate the love, man. I don't think Josh is getting reinstated. But if he does, I mean, I think he'd be a good possession receiver, especially since they probably lost Greg Olson for the year um, with the, that foot injury. Uh, I think that he could just be a guy you can trust on, on third down. So just so he was last year. What do you have last year? Like 12? Eight. Eight. Uh, We'll say ten catches. Whatever. Yeah. Well, here I'll 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 look it up too. But yeah, like he he was just okay. He made solid catches. He didn't really drop it. Um, he moved the sticks. He'd probably just be that. It's not gonna be nothing crazy. It'd just be another good player. It'd be a solid player. You know, he'll play like twenty something snaps. Hopefully, he gets like three or four targets a game. Hopefully, they all go for first downs. 
And maybe he'll catch. One. And maybe he'll catch one bomb like he did against who was that? Carolina hit the sixty yarder. That was beautiful against the Panthers. Whoever it was, yeah, he got suspended right after that too. So <laughs> was very un- very unfortunate uh, set of events. Oh, he had uh, seven catches. Oh, we were roughly in the area. Wow, he averaged twenty yards of reception. Jesus, third down. Uh, yeah, he was moving the sticks. How many first down catches did he have? Uh, oh, it doesn't say. That's stupid. Uh, all right, go ahead. What's next? When was the last time Pete and his staff outcoached another team? Oh, Josh had six first down catches. So six of his seven catches went for first downs. That's impressive. That means that's what I'm saying. He possession receiver. Sorry. Uh, the question was, when was the last time Pete outcoached somebody? Um, and his staff, yes. I mean, I think they've had some decent game plans, guys. Come on, man. I think the Miami game plan was good. Um, let's see. Who else? The Dolphin. Oh, I just said that. Uh, there was another one. Oh, um, there was another game plan that was solid. Uh, Minnesota, solid. That was fine. I didn't. Re- I didn't watch that game. Like, oh, they got out coached. I thought mm, they getting the ball ran down their throat. But I thought that was um, a particular player who's not playing anymore. Uh, who else? The Niners. Uh, yeah, Niners game plan was fine. The not the Niners game plan was hit the hell out of Jimmy G. And then Nick Mullins decided to make an appearance. They didn't plan on hitting Nick <laughs> Mullins. They planned on hitting Jimmy G. It was a very specific game plan here. You can't only really spend that much. It's only so many days in a week, man. You can't just game plan for the backup. You just got to, you know, who's a starter and, and hit the hell out of them. Falcons, they also, uh, you know, outcoached them. I think the game plan was fine against the Patriots, too. It's just like when Quandre Diggs left, it was like, ah, oh, damn. It's a little different. Initial thoughts on the defense. <laughs> Head scratcher oh, there. Oh, man. I got a <laughs> lot of thoughts. I'm going to be nice here because that's not technically a question. But um, my initial thought, they're getting there. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine. Stop noticing. But you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over 3 million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not ready our foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com They're getting there. Pete has basically been telling us, like, guys, shut up asking me about Ken Norton. Once we get Jamal back and get Carlos, we'll be fine. I feel like he's been saying a version of that for, like, the past, like, month. I've been like, ah, Pete, mm, doesn't matter if you guys aren't putting your uh, players in position. And I think that's where I'm like, okay, they're getting there. Like, today, they knew teams were beating them with the screens when they blitzed. What they do? Anticipate the screens and stop them. Like, it's simple, right? You know teams how teams are attacking you. Fix it. Stop it. Um, today... The game plan for Trey Flowers was very good. It was, don't let that dude run by you. What did D-Hop not do? He didn't run by him. He caught some little digs, right, and comebacks or whatever. Yeah, we can have those. Pete, Pete will give you those. I'll give you those. Just tackle. That's really what it comes down and to. And half the time he had to use the sideline anyway, and it was really no yak. The only time, this there was that one play where I thought the game plan was bad. They was in, like, cover zero or cover one. They was in cover one. Cover zero, by the way, means everyone's blitzing. For those that are wondering, coverages. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, they're blitz, you're blitzing, and ev- there's no safety over top. It's all everyone's. You're just manned across the board. Usually, you play on like the goal line or something like that because your safety's not as important. Um, and the goal line stand in a situation where they have to pass. So, and I think I think actually it was cover one. I think Jamal was playing like the the safety while everyone else was manned up. I was like, Quandre's manned up. Okay, where's Bobby? Because I couldn't see him in the middle. I was like, what the hell? Bobby was way up the sideline on the running back. Yeah, he was. Because the running backs like, oh, they're definitely manned up. I was like, okay, where's Trey? Like, oh, damn. In the slot. He was in the <laughs> slot against D-Hop. And I was like, oh, man. That's where the ball is going. What do you know? Ball went right there. Trey was tackle. Boom, runs up the field. Like, everyone's like, you know, everyone hits my phone. Like, yo, Trey Flowers. He, Trey Flowers, Trey Flowers. I'm like, look, man. Ain't no part of the game plan should say, hey, Trey, we need you to guard DeAndre Hopkins in the slot with no help. That's not putting your players in a good position. That's just not. Outside of that, though, 
I think they did a good job um, today. So, yeah, my thought on the defense, they're getting there. there. There's reason to believe. It feels like the Seahawks lost some big guys up front. Any idea on Ethan Posick's return? How do you think the O-line shifts around if he cannot go? Ooh, boy. Um, Yeah, I don't know about Ethan. Um, concussions are hard. Like, only Ethan knows his brain, right? And even then, he ain't never seen it. So how well does he know it? It's a joke. It's a joke. <laughs> but... Uh, I, I haven't talked to Ethan, haven't talked to nobody there, so I really don't know how his concussion is doing. Um, Kyle Fuller, the backup center, he suited up today. So, I mean, in theory, so Kyle was basically like, hey, man, if we need you, you're just going to thug this out. And they didn't need him to thug it out. But if you're at the point where they're asking you to thug it out, then you could probably play the next week. So I would expect Kyle to be there. I keep saying Kyle, damn it. Kyle Fuller to play against the Eagles. Heading into the home stretch, how would you grade the coaching, the offense, and the defense compared to preseason expectations, and which direction is each trending? Also, how are the fantasy teams holding up? Um, let's see. So, coaching on the offense compared to preseason expectations, uh, way better. Offense is doing great. Offense is at like an A. Perfect. If I had to give them a grade, they're doing great. Um, defense is mm, is tough. And like defense are like a C minus D area because uh, they're still they're still not great, but they're getting there. Um, and I think I understand it's really hard. And Chris, we've talked about this before. It's hard to just plug dudes in on defense. It's not like they're just playing with the next dude on the depth chart like they had practiced in the summer. They are legit calling dudes off the street and off the practice squad and asking them to start like they DJ Reed. They probably never would have thought he could play left corner. I mean, it, hell, they had a tight end playing defensive end. Yeah, like, they, had, they they thought they could, like, do you know how many things had to happen for them not to be able to play, to, for them to have to play DJ Reed? He was on the pup list, like, three weeks ago, man, and or four weeks, whatever, and he's starting now at left corner. These are all the people that had to get hurt at the same time for DJ to play left corner. Shaquille Griffin, Quentin Dunbar, Nico Thorpe, he is their other left corner. Like, that is his spot. Uh, Nico Thorpe. How many is that? One, That's three. Two, three? Yeah. Three dudes had to get hurt at the same time for them to play DJ Reed there. And they're still out there, and DJ's, like, solid. They didn't ever play, expect to play Ryan Neal that many games. Like, they, you know, the, they're out here, uh, they expected to have Marquise Blair for longer than two freaking weeks. You know, like there's some dudes, you know, you expect to have, like, imagine practicing, and this is no shade, follow me here, though, imagine you practice all month, you give up two first-round picks, like, we got Jamal Adams, Jamal Adams, Jamal Adams, Jamal Adams, Jamal Adams, and then week four, you're starting Ryan Neal from the practice squad, like, that's just, I, I have to uh, adjust for the degree of difficulty there on that side of the ball, not to excuse, because the grade is still bad, like, you should still take the class again if you get a D or whatever, or a C minus. Uh, but, like, I'm not giving it an F because, for the most part, they've turned it around and got their pressure going. The pressure's been going crazy. Um, past defense has picked up uh, the past the past couple of weeks. So, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm adjusting the grade a little bit. But it's definitely still not good. You should definitely take the class again if you get this. I never did uh, in college. and then My grades were solid. But for the rest of y'all, take that again. How's your fantasy team holding up? Oh boy. Okay, one of my teams is trash. I don't even want to talk about them. I have Carlos Hyde in that league though, so that's good. Shout out to Carlos. Um, let's see. I'm gonna win. I'm in a league with a bunch of with uh, with a couple other. I want y'all to tweet Stacy Ross to seven ten. I'm in a league with her. Tweet Stacy and let her know her team is trash and my team's better than hers. Uh, so I'm I'm probably I'm probably good. I can win that league. I probably finish top three. Chris, I'm in a league with you. Um as well i think i'm gonna win that league do i play you this week am i playing you yeah i'm mm-hmm. playing you oh i'm gonna beat you this well okay there you go that's a great question i'm i'm gonna beat chris this week <laughs> there's that my fantasy teams are struggling i'm only winning in one of one league right now where i'm six and four the other three leagues i'm a combined five and 15 oh damn and i'm not including the third league because i'm four and six so nine and 21 Damn. Another three leagues. Not not good. A bunch of injuries. That's where I'm at with it. Let's move on. Okay, good. Just for now, I'm going to beat you this week. <laughs> the players looked like they had a different energy today. Offense looked more about their business, and the defense 
had some dog and energy to them. Do you see this win giving them a big emotional payoff for the Hawks on both sides of the ball moving forward? Yeah, I, mean, I think when you just play well, you know, it definitely helps. I think the action green jerseys definitely help, too. I know people think I'm just, like, overhyping the jerseys. No, man, the players like the jerseys, too. Like, it ain't just me. Some, yeah. <laughs> I, I went around, I mean, me and, shout out to Stacy. I, I think me and Stacy one day went around the locker room and was like, hey, what do you think of the jerseys? What do you think of the jerseys? Asked everyone. For the most part, no one was like, these stink. Either guys just didn't care or they loved them. That was it. You look good. You play good, man. You feel good. I mean, hell, even Pete likes the jerseys. He ain't got no taste <laughs> in fashion. So, <laughs> you know, man, you seen his shoes. He ain't got no faith. Yeah, yeah, I've been to a few training camps. I'm like, damn, Pete. Yeah, I man. feel you, though. You just coaching football. Pete got the air <laughs> old guy threes on every every week. At least they're every custom. Week. At least they got to always compete on the tongue. Good for him. But, yeah, no, I think I think anytime you play well, it gives you a boost, man. And anytime you're playing poorly, you second-guess yourself. Like, am I supposed to be here? Am I good enough? Do the coaches believe in me? All these things that are just, like, feeling anxieties and insecurities that all these men have um that all men have but specifically these guys yeah all that stuff gets exposed and you know and highlighted you know and brought to the forefront when you're playing poorly so yeah playing well helps everybody mentally emotionally hell spiritually i don't know i'm just here to hold you to accountable for picking the cards what were the major differences between how you thought the game was going to shake out for arizona and how it did shake out as the seahawks win never doubt Hashtag Action Green. Keep killing it, guys. Enjoy the holidays. Appreciate it, man. Wow. I don't appreciate getting getting called out. The kid. last sentence. We started out get holding ourselves accountable. Okay, so answer your question. <laughs> I thought the pass defense would be worse than it was today. I thought D-Hop would go crazier. What did D-Hop have? 50 yards? 50 yards on five 51 catches? 51 yards on five, yep. So I, th- I didn't think they would shut him down like that. That's not shut down, but like it's D-Hop. So he didn't score a touchdown. He got shut down. Yeah, 50 yards is really nothing for D-Hop. D-Hop's what, leading the league in receiving yards? Oh, no, Stephen Diggs is. I think, D- I think D-Hop's second. I think D-Hop's number one in catches, though. Actually, no, that might be Diggs, too. Damn, Diggs killing it. <laughs> Diggs, nasty. Uh, anyway, so that that was probably the biggest difference that I thought. I thought uh, Arizona would score more points, and I thought their passing offense would be a lot better than it was today. Arizona's the number one rushing team coming into the Thursday night game. I thought they'd be able to run the ball a lot more effective, which would A, then put a lot of pressure on that pass defense because if they're doing a lot of play action, that just opens things up. I thought that was going to be an issue. I also figured it that Kyler Murray would be an issue. He would be another problem again with his quickness, but we were both wrong. All the things that we thought were going to happen against the Seahawks did not. I'm happy. That's great. Uh, good for business, for sure. Maybe it's just because the defense has played bad all year, but doesn't this game feel like the first time we've seen Quandre making multiple big-time plays for the defense? Uh, Yeah, no, that, that hit he laid on um that tight end, man. He smoked that dude. That was good. Good for him. No, Quandre can make plays, man. This is probably yeah, the first game he's had multiple big ones, but he's definitely had one or two big ones sprinkled out in, like over the season. He's probably had a few run stops. Um, He's got like two picks. Um, I think, too, he picked off Kyler Murray. No, man, Quandre's been solid all year, I thought. But, yes, this was definitely his best game uh, for sure. He should have picked off that ball in the end zone, too. He knew he knows he should have picked that off. But that was a good play, too. It was a game saver. And then he was right there in the next play, too, to uh, knock it away from that, uh, what's his name? Andy Isabella. There it is. You want to have some fun and see which, like, what player other fan bases hate? Google now, do a Twitter search for Andy Isabella. I did one because I need to know how to spell his name, and I did it today. Good God, they hate him in Arizona. <laughs> More than they hated. He's like the Jermaine CJ. Fetty? He's like the CJ Pro size oh, of Jermaine Fetty over there, man. Oh, like man. it was, it was brutal. <laughs> it was so bad. Dang. Uh, yeah, it, it, it was, it was bad. Thoughts on how D. Lewis held up at center? O line play is a mystery. But it seemed he was a bit out of his depth, which makes sense considering he usually doesn't play there. Um, yeah, no, the sack he gave up wasn't good. The holding call was actually not a hold. I had to go back and look at that. Um, I wrote that he can't have those type of plays. That's that's my bad on the hold. I didn't get a super good look. It was another angle that shows it a lot better. I think it's the one um that Jeff Schwartz probably tweeted out that I saw that was better. Um, but he was okay. I mean, they shouldn't actually keep doing that. Like, they should actually have their actual center in there. But the fact that he was able to just basically learn to play center in, what, two weeks? Or three weeks or whatever? Man, that's pretty impressive. And it speaks to, like, how not good at this B.J. Finney probably was. Because Pete made it sound like he couldn't pick up the playbook in, yeah, like, months. 
Like, come on, brother. Everybody else pick up the playbook but you. That's messed up. Maybe, maybe there's something else there, but going off the information we have is not looking good. With a lot of injuries at the offensive line position group, should Seattle bring back Justin Britt so Lewis can stay at right guard? Haynes an option. Excuse me, Haynes is an option there too, possibly. And then unrelated, how troubling to you is it that Gordon still hasn't been reinstated, not from a Seattle team standpoint, but a message it sends from the NFL? Um, on the O line, yeah, Phil Haynes can play center. Uh, Jamarco Jones can play center. I think Kyle Fuller could be, will be back, though, so I think this is all going to be a bunch of moot points. But, um, yeah, I think they should call Justin Britt just in case. But the problem is, got to remember, Justin Britt can say no to them, too. Like, remember, Justin Britt signed, like, a three-year, what, $30 million extension at some point? $27 million? Like, they gave him the bag. You you gave me $9 million a year, and next thing you know, you're calling me to be on the damn practice squad for eight Gs. Man, I might tell you to, you know, you know uh, ooh, I almost cussed on the show. because I might just tell you to go put something where you don't want it to be put. If you if you do that, you never know. They could have called and he could have said no. I'm not gonna assume there. I could guess I could check into it, but I don't know what is it after midnight on Friday. I'm not gonna do that. Uh, Justin's probably asleep uh, or on that bike ride. Should they be going like 30 miles and stuff? Tripping. Hell no. Nah. Uh, what was the other part of this? Oh, uh, Josh, Josh Gordon. Gordon. All right, I'm gonna try to say this really quickly too. Josh Gordon has been suspended from the NFL either by his team or by the league like eight or nine times already. Like it might even be double digits at this point. It's 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 bad. for all of basically the same thing: substance abuse, PD, whatever. Like it's not that you know Josh. Like I know everyone's like, why can't Josh just get high? Like weed's legal, whatever. Like I feel y'all. Also, I don't know if Josh was suspended for weed while he's with the Seahawks. They never said, but. That's basically what everyone is insinuating with these questions. The difference is when you get hit with stuff multiple times, right? I'm not going to make this an indictment of Josh's character. I'm just saying it's not as simple as Josh did a thing and now he can't ever play again. Josh has been in the league's eye getting suspended and reinstated and suspended and reinstated and suspended and reinstated since like 2012. At some point, they're probably just tired of it, right? And I and not to say I agree with that necessarily because um, I don't know what he did or you know, tested positive for or whatever, but if your job's got rules, man. You can't, maybe you can break them once or twice, three times, whatever. You break them like eight or nine, yeah, man, eventually they might not let you work there no more, you know? Um, they shouldn't be dragging their feet on this. I think they should actually tell him something, but I don't think it's just like the league's being super unethical here to be like, Nah, man, this is where we draw the line on this one thing with Josh. It's like, nah, man, you was just, we suspended you like seven times already. What? They they should, again, they should let him know. They shouldn't leave him just hanging. But I don't think Josh's situation is necessarily a good time to be like, see, the league's all contradictory and backwards. It's like, nah, man, maybe they're just tired of disciplining the same dude over and over again for the similar issues. I know he he's like legitimately battling things, but like they've shown they don't care. Right, and that whether they whether they should or not, I don't know, but that message seems pretty clear. You keep breaking our rules, we don't let you back in the business. That's just kind of how it goes. How is it different for you as a beat writer to cover the team when they are struggling versus when they are succeeding? Does it change your writing process at all? The writing process never changes because I trust the process no matter what. What's the shout? Oh, yeah. Okay. Got to have a good process. Uh, what? Okay. This is a really good question. Who asked this? This is Chris Hamilton. Shout out to Chris. That's a good question, Chris. Um, you know, when they're losing, no one ever wants to go into detail about anything. That's the biggest issue. So you can't really explain stuff to the readers when you are you are not getting explanations yourself, right? It's very difficult. You have to make assumptions. I have to speculate. I have to write mean things about people when they stink, right? That's um, That part is not hard. But it's not as simple as just like writing, this guy is not playing well, right? Because something like defense, when I'm not getting any details as to what's going on, whether who's making the calls or who's supposed to be where, what gap and stuff like that, it's a lot harder to call dudes out. And when guys are playing well, everyone gives you details. Like, hey, man, why is your long snapper snapping it so well, coach? You get a three-minute answer on that. You know, ask the, ask the receiver, coach. Hey, man, Tyler hasn't caught a ball in three weeks. What's going on? Oh, you know, it's just, you know, there's a lot of things we have to work on as a team. It's like, well, well coach, that's, you didn't answer a damn thing. I just asked you. So, screw you. I'm going to move on. Like, that's the difference in terms of informing the readers. I don't get the information, so you guys don't get the information. When people are winning, they want to tell you everything. It's like, hey, did you know I taught DK how to swim? It's like, man, 
I don't care. <laughs> but you're telling us that because things are going well. Right. So I, I think that's the big the big difference is the insight I'm able to provide based on what I am getting from the players. It changes when guys are losing. They don't want to talk to you at all. Nobody returns texts. Nobody want to be on your podcast. Nobody's on Twitter. Nobody, nothing. No one here. No media. We're all the devil now because y'all losing. Everybody wants a feature story when they win. And that, that's another story. Uh, but yes, that's how my that's a good question by Chris. man. That's that's the short version of how my job changes. Sneaky good game by Trey tonight. Or is it just me? Keep killing it. <laughs> uh, so is, what's this person's name? Gabe. Gabe must not be in any of the group chats I'm in. <laughs> Trey Flowers was getting roasted in all the group chats I'm in. People hate Trey so much. I think Trey's solid. He just needs a simplified game plan. Hey, man, don't let D-Hop run by you. Yes, coach. Done. That's it. That's all you got to do. Don't let D-Hop run by you. And if you do, we got help. That's it. Next game is a Monday night game, which means another late night pod. You two all right? I don't know about you, Chris, but I'm a little tired. Uh, but I'm hanging in there. Oh, man, it's 1 in the morning? Jesus <laughs> Christ. Ooh, who asked this? This is from Dallas. Yo, Dallas, appreciate you thinking about us, about us man. But uh, no, I'm, I'll be all right, man. Thankfully, uh, caffeine's in the budget, so we'll be we'll be all right. I'll be okay. I just, I'll be up another hour or so editing and Oof. Me making, too, brother. making sure it sounds good. But I'll be all right. I don't have to be at the, the site till about 8.30. Oh God! I mean, if I'm in bed by two, that's six hours right there of sleep. I'll be straight. Okay. That's how much we love y'all. Why don't the Seahawks play press corner more often? Uh, because you have to have guys who can like not only jam, jam correctly, and then recover too. Like I think a really good example is um the 2018 game against the Packers. Shaq, who is pretty tall and has pretty long arms, jams Devontae Adams loses at the line and then gets beat for like 50 yards and Shaq who runs a 4-3 got beat right like it's hard to play that that coverage and also guys aren't always in man um, all the time most teams play zone uh, so you can also defend the run because when you play man you turn your back to the the quarterback and the the backfield so if they run it you're out of position right you need to be able to top the run so that that's the that's the main reason um, and also some guys just can't right can't do it consistently I think Trey's pretty consistent at it but like it's hard in this league, especially when you don't have the arms to, to jam and win and you don't have the strength, you don't have the speed. Like, there's a reason Pete likes certain type of corners to be putting their hands on people like Sherm, like Brandon Brown, or like a Byron Maxwell. He likes Shaq and Trey to do it too, but, I mean, he ain't had Shaq out there in how long? Like, you know, four and a half, five and weeks And with now? Quentin, Quentin, or excuse me, with Trey, Trey don't need to be jamming D-Hop. Nope. Give him them little seven-yard curls, bro. Just don't let him run right by you. That's it. I didn't catch his stat line, but D-Hop seemed pretty quiet tonight. Was that more on the Seahawks' defense or Arizona play calling? Definitely on the defense and the play calling. Again, the plan was very simple. Don't let D-Hop run by you. If you got to let him catch it in front of you, that's cool. That was that was a good game plan. We still need our sweatsuits from the last episode, by the way. I agree. I wouldn't mind getting a sweatsuit. A free sweatsuit. I know what you meant. Yeah. How do you think D. Lou's transition to center will affect his overall development as a guard and or his rookie season in general? Uh, let's just not have D. Lou play center no more, man. Let's get Kyle Fuller back out there. Should Trey Flowers keep his starting spot when Shaquille gets back? Oh, I get what this is asking. No, I mean, it should be Shaq and Trey. Those should be the starters at the Philly game. Like, let Shaq, you know, Shaq's in a contract year, man. Like, And let, let Trey prove himself, man. Like he, like you said, Chris, he's, he's a, he can be a starter. Um, and who knows? Maybe DJ Reed's back good at the nickel. Then there's your, your starting corners are uh, DJ Reed, who can be solid. Although Ugo's playing really well. Um, yeah, Ugo's fine too. Let him duke it out. What about Puna? Was he playing DN tonight? Uh, no. Thursday man. night that is. But nah, man, Puna wasn't. Puna's good though, man. He's everywhere. I don't know what they're gonna do uh, next season when they when it's like when they gotta pay Puna. But I like Puna, man. He can ball. He gets to the quarterback. He's fast, which is crazy to say, like how he's built. But he fast though. He gets to the quarterback really well for a big dude. Nah, man, he, he he's solid. But nah, man, he was playing his usual spots. What was different tonight? What was it that made defense seem to click and the, made it all come together? The jerseys. Didn't we just talk about? I'm, I'll play it. It wasn't just the <laughs> jerseys. Nah, man, it's what I said earlier, man. Guys just took pride in what they had to do, man. They beat the dude in front of them and they did their damn job. Other than that play where Jamal was like nowhere near where he's supposed to be. 
Maybe it wasn't Jamal's fault. I don't know. It looked like it was based on what I, the replay. But yeah, other than that play, man, you really didn't see it like where guys was confused. I think that was it. it was, they were just disciplined. Like we opened the show with. Real, real disciplined. Knew what the hell they were doing. And then executed it, man. That's why Bobby, after the Arizona game, was like, we just got to execute and got to decide we're going to be good on defense. They decided on Thursday they were going to be good on defense. Well, speaking of defense, the last question is, is the defense good now? No. But it can be. But it can be. Because the defense is still... To answer that question, I have to include all 10 games that they've played. The 10 games in total? No. The last, like, two? Yes. But I can't... The last two doesn't negate the first eight. It can be. I think it will be. Ask me this. Who asked this? Justin. Let's revisit Justin's question after a month. And we'll see. What's it today? November 20th? Our next, our, I'll probably have a pod December 20th. That's yep. the day they play the Washington football team. I remember December 20th. I have a tattoo of December 20th on my, on my arm. So I remember. A month from now, let's revisit that. All right. Anything else you want to add before we get out of here, man? Yeah, caffeine to my uh, system. Thank you all. Appreciate the love. Uh, I'm going to go finish my morning after now. Uh, Chris is going to edit the show. Neither one of us is going to sleep much, but we love you all. Enjoy your weekend and avoid, avoid the Rona. Stay safe. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.